0: Le'olam va'ed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, July 12th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group during a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We've added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We've also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. We also offer coaching support if you need help or have questions. See the guidelines for leaders for details. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Matot, and it means Tribes, and also Massii, and it means Stages. Numbers 33 1-56 to These were the marches of the Israelites who started out from the land of Egypt, troop by troop, in the charge of Moses and Aaron. Moses recorded the starting points of their various marches as directed by Hashem. Their marches by starting points were as follows. They set out from Ramesses in the first month on the 15th day of the first month. It was on the morrow of the Pesach Passover offering that the Israelites started out defiantly in plain view of all the Egyptians. The Egyptians, meanwhile, were burying those among them whom Hashem had struck down, every firstborn, whereby Hashem executed judgment on their gods. The Israelites set out from Ramesses and encamped at Sukkot. They set out from Sukkot and encamped at Etham, which is on the edge of the wilderness. They set up from Etham, and turned about toward Pi-Hahiroth, which faces Baal-Zephon, and they encamped before Migdal. They set up from Peni hahiroth and passed through the sea into the wilderness. And they made a three-day's journey in the wilderness of Etham, and encamped at Marah. They set up from Mara and came to Elam. There were twelve springs in Elam and seventy palm trees, so they encamped there. They set up from Elam and encamped by the Sea of Reeds. They set out from the Sea of Reeds and encamped in the Wilderness of Sin. They set out from the Wilderness of Sin and encamped at Dakka. They set out from Dothka and encamped at Alush. They set up from Alush and encamped at Rephidim. It was there that the people had no water to drink. They set up from Rephidim and encamped in the wilderness of Sinai. They set up from the wilderness of Sinai and encamped at Kibroth hatava They set up from Kibroth hatava and encamped at Hazaroth. They set up from Hazaroth and encamped at Rithma. They set out from Rithma and encamped at Ramon Perez. They set out from Ramon Perez and encamped at Libna. They set out from Libna and encamped at Rissa. They set out from Rissa and encamped at Kehaloth. They set out from Kehaloth and encamped at Mount Shefer. They set up from Mount Shepher and encamped at Harada. They set up from Harada and encamped at Machaloth. They set up from Machaloth and encamped at Tehath. They set up from Tehath and encamped at Terra. They set up from Terra and encamped at Mithka. They set up from Mithka and encamped at Hashmona. They set up from Hashmona and encamped at Masirah. They set up from Maseroth and encamped at Beni Jakin. They set up from Beni Jakin and encamped at Hor Hagidad. They set up from Hor Hagidad and encamped at Jothbath. They set up from Jothbath and encamped at Abrona. They set up from Abrona and encamped at Ezion Geber. They set up from Ezion-Geber and encamped in the wilderness of Zin, that is, Kadesh. They set up from Kadesh and encamped at Mount Hor on the edge of the land of Edom. Aaron the Kohen ascended Mount Hor at the command of Hashem and died there in the fortieth year, after the Israelites had left the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month. Aaron was a hundred and twenty-three years old when he died on Mount Hor. And the Canaanite, king of Arad, who dwelt in the Negev in the land of Canaan, learned of the coming of the Israelites. They set out from Mount Hor and encamped at Zalmona. They set out from Zalmona and encamped at Punan. They set out from Punan and encamped at Oboth. They set up from Oboth and encamped at Iberium, in the territory of Moab. They set up from Ium and encamped at Debon Gad. They set up from Debon Gad and encamped at Ullman Blathame. They set up from Ullman Blathame and encamped in the hills of Abiram before Nebo. They set up from the hills of Abiram and encamped in the steppes of Moab at the Jordan near Jericho. They encamped by the Jordan from Beth Jeshimah as far as Abel Shittim in the steps of Moab. In the steps of Moab at the Jordan near Jericho, Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you shall dispossess all the inhabitants of the land. You shall destroy all their figured objects. You shall destroy all their molten images, and you shall demolish all their cult places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have assigned the land to you to possess. You shall apportion the land among yourselves by lot, clan by clan, with larger groups Increase the share. With smaller groups, reduce the share. Wherever the lot falls for anyone, that shall be his. You shall have your portions according to your ancestral tribes. But if you do not dispossess the inhabitants of the land, those whom you allow to remain shall be stings in your eyes and thorns in your sides and they shall harass you in the land in which you live, so that I will do to you what I plan to do to them. 1 Chronicles 12 19-14 17 Then the Spirit seized Amasai, chief of the captains, we are yours, David, on your side, son of Yishai, at peace, at peace with you, and at peace with him who supports you, for your God supports you. So David accepted them and placed them at the head of his band. Some Massonites went over to David's side when he came with the Philistines to make war against Shaul. But they were of no help to him because the lords of the Philistines in council dismissed him, saying, He will go over to the side of his lord Sha'ul, and it will cost us our heads. When he went to Ziglag, these Manassites went over to his side. Adna, Yazavad, Jediel, Michael, Yazavad, Elihu, Zilatai, chiefs of the clans of Manasseh. It was they who gave support to David against the band, for all were valiant men, and they were officers of the force. Day in and day out people came to David to give him support, until there was a vast army as the army of Hashem. These are the numbers of the men of the armed bands who joined David at Hebron to transfer Saul's kingdom to him in accordance with the word of HaShem. Judahites equipped with shield and spear 6,800 armed men, Simeonites valiant men fighting group 7,100 of the Leviim 4,600, Yehoiada chief officer of the Aaronites with him 3,700 Zadok, a young valiant man with his clan, 22 officers of the Benjamites, kinsmen of Shaul, 3,000 in their great numbers, hitherto protecting the interests of the house of Shaul. Of the Ephraimites, 20,800 valiant men, famous in their clans. Of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000 who were designated by name to come and make David king. Of the Issacharites, men who knew how to interpret the signs of the times, to determine how Israel should act. Their chiefs were two hundred, and all their kinsmen followed them. Of Zebulun, those ready for service, able to man a battle line with all kinds of weapons, fifty thousand, giving support wholeheartedly. Of Naphtali, 1,000 chieftains with their shields and lances, 37,000. Of the Danites, able to man the battle line, 28,600. Of Asher, those ready for service to man the battle line, 40,000. From beyond the Jordan, of the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, together with all kinds of military weapons, 120,000. All these fighting men, manning the battle line with whole heart, came to Hebron to make David king over all Israel. Likewise, all the rest of Israel was of one mind to make David king. They were there with David three days, eating and drinking, for their kinsmen had provided for them. And also, their relatives, as far away as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali, brought food by donkey, camel, mule, and ox, provision of flour, cakes of figs, raisin cakes, wine, oil, cattle, and sheep in abundance. For there was joy in Israel. Then, David consulted with the officers of the thousands and the hundreds, with every chief officer. David said to the entire assembly of Israel, If you approve, and if Hashem our God concurs, let us send far and wide to our remaining kinsmen throughout the territories of Israel, including the Kohanim and the Leviim in the towns where they have pasture lands, that they should gather together to us in order to transfer the Ark of our God to us, for throughout the days of Sha'ul we paid no regard to it. The entire assembly agreed to do so, for the proposal pleased all the people. David then assembled all Israel from Shaihor of Egypt to Libo Hamath in order to bring the Ark of Hashem from Kiriat-Jerim. David and all Israel went up to Bela, Kiriat-Jerim of Yehuda. To bring up from there the Ark of HaShem, HaShem enthroned on the cherubim to which the name was attached. They transported the Ark of HaShem on a new cart. From the house of Abinadab, Uzzah and Ahio guided the cart. And David and all Israel danced before HaShem with all their might, with songs, lyres, harps, timbrels, cymbals, and trumpets. But When they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put his hand to hold the Ark of Hashem because the oxen had stumbled. Hashem was incensed at Uzzah and struck him down because he laid a hand on the Ark, and so he died there before Hashem. David was distressed because Hashem had burst out against Uzzah. And that place was named Perez Uzzah, as it is still called. David was afraid of HaShem that day, and he said, How can I bring the Ark of HaShem here? So David did not remove the Ark to his place in the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The Ark of HaShem remained in the house of Obed-Edom, in its own abode, three months, and Hashem blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all he had. King Hiram of Tyre sent envoys to David with cedar logs, stonemasons, and carpenters to build a palace for him. Thus David knew that Hashem had established him as king over Israel, and that his kingship was highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. David took more wives in Jerusalem, and David begot more sons and daughters. These are the names of the children born to him in Jerusalem, Shamua, Shobab, Nathan, and Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Elpelet Noga, Nepheg, and Japhia, Elishama, Beliada, and Eliphelet. When the Philistines heard, that David had been anointed king over all Israel. All the Philistines went up in search of David, but David heard of it, and he went out to them. The Philistines came and raided the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of HaShem, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And HaShem answered him, Go up, and I will deliver them into your hands. Thereupon David ascended Baal-Perazim, and David defeated them there. David said, HaShem burst out against my enemies by my hands, as waters burst out. That is why that place was named Baal-Perazim. They abandoned their gods there, and David ordered these to be burned. Once again the Philistines raided the valley. David inquired of HaShem once more, and HaShem answered, Do not go up after them, but circle around them and confront them at the baca trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the baka trees, then go out to battle, for HaShem will be going in front of you to attack the Philistine forces. David did as HaShem had commanded him, and they routed the Philistines from Gibbon all the way to Gezer. David became famous throughout the lands, and HaShem put the fear of him in all the nations. Romans one, 1.1-17 Paul, a servant of Yeshua HaMashiach, called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Yeshua, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are you also the called of Yeshua HaMashiach. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua. First, I thank my God through Yeshua HaMashiach for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come to you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise, and the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the Gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Psalm 9, 13-20 Have mercy upon me, O Yahweh. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me, you that lift me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all your praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in your salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executes. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Higyan selah. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish for ever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Yahweh, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah Proverbs 19, 4-5 Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. A false witness shall not go unpunished, and he that speaks lies shall not escape. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Numbers chapter 33. And in this chapter, it lists 42 different places where the Israelites stopped in their journey leaving Egypt and ultimately leading on into the promised land. And it's very significant that there were 42 places where they stopped. First, I want to read from the Israel Bible, the commentary from verse 1, chapter 33, verse 1. These were the marches of the Israelites who started out from the land of Egypt, troop by troop, in the charge of Moses and Aaron. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. This chapter summarizes the journey that the people of Israel took to the promised land, starting with the flight from Egypt, until they stood on the bank of the Jordan River, ready to enter the land. Overall, there were 42 encampments in the desert, 14 before the sin of the spies, which took place in the second year, and 8 in the 40th year, leaving only 20 stops, during the 38 years in between. Rashi points out that this highlights Hashem's compassion for His people. Although they were punished with 40 years of wandering in the desert, He did not force them to continuously move around, as this would have been too physically grueling. Instead, they were allowed much opportunity to rest between their wanderings. Now, the number 42 is very significant. Why is that? Because the time known as the Great Tribulation, known as Jacob's Trouble, is exactly 42 months long. It's spoken of in Revelation 12 and in other places as well. And there it is outlined as 1260 days, which is three and a half years, which is 42 months. And so, this takes me to another topic that I want to expound upon, and that is the greater exodus to come. We, beloved, are going to go on a journey if we are among the remnant of true believers of Yeshua HaMashiach, and we are following His instructions, His guidelines, the Torah, His Bible. God is going to, he has an escape plan in mind, and he's going to protect his remnant. First, let me take you to Deuteronomy chapter 30. That talks about it. This is one of the cornerstone foundational scriptures that talks about the greater exodus to come. And it includes all of God's people, not just the Jewish people. It includes the whole house of Jacob. And the whole house of Jacob includes all 12 tribes, because Jacob had 12 sons. One of those sons was Judah, the Jews, but he had 11 other sons. So in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses is speaking to the people, and they're about to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. Um, And he's giving them a pep talk, but it's almost like he's looking down the corridors of time and he's talking to us, to the final generation, just before Yeshua returns. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse one. So it shall be when all these things have come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and you call them to mind in all the nations where the Lord your God has banished you. Now, back then, they weren't banished to a whole bunch of nations. They were all together in one place, and they're about to cross over the Jordan into the Promised Land. So, this is why he really is talking to us today. We've been banished to all the nations. Verse 2, And you return to the Lord your God, and obey him with all your heart and soul, according to all that I command you today, you and your sons. Then the Lord your God will restore you from captivity and have compassion on you and will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are at the ends of the earth, and beloved, that includes New Zealand and Australia and the Pacific Northwest and the Arctic and the Antarctic and South Africa, in Europe, wherever you happen to be, to the farthest corner of the earth, that includes you. Verse 4, if your outcasts are at the ends of the earth, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you back. Back to the land of Israel. Verse 5, the Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. And he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, so that you may live. And verse 8, And you shall again obey the Lord and observe all his commandments which I command you today. Now, I want to look at another passage that's talking about the greater Exodus. Now, in the first Exodus, we had a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that led these troops on their 47 different encampments. And cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. So the cloud provided shade, the fire provided warmth and heat and light. And it was the very presence, the glory of God in their camp, in their midst. But God is going to do this again in the future. How do I know this? From Isaiah chapter 4, it talks about how he will do this again in the future. It's a very short chapter. I'm going to just read Isaiah chapter 4, starting in verse 3 to verse 6. It will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Every one who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create, that's future tense, this hasn't happened yet, This is in the future. The Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies, plural, that's many assemblies, many camps, a cloud by day, even smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all, the glory will be a canopy. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. So picture this. There's going to be hundreds, perhaps even thousands of encampments out in the wilderness. There's a day coming when the mark of the beast comes into play and it's fully deployed. And at that point, we cannot participate. And at that point, we must come out of her, my people. We must leave the big cities and go into the wilderness and be with other Mishpachah, other believers. And at every camp, there will be a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And they will go on a journey, each one of these encampments. They will follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And the cloud and the pillar will lead them on a journey. And if you could look down at Earth from space and watch over time-lapse, what you would see is something like this. All of these different encampments would be all on a journey, moving towards like spikes of a bicycle wheel, moving towards the hub, the center of the wheel. And what is the hub? Israel. And so all of these encampments are going to be on the move for a period of 42 months, three and a half years, the time known as Jacob's Trouble. And at the end of the 42 months, they're all going to end up in Israel, the hub of the wheel. All these spokes lead to the hub. Now, there's one more passage I want to look at and share with you that talks about the greater exodus to come. And again, the language, the verbs are future prophetic. I will do this and I will do that. It's the future. It hasn't happened yet. It's a prophecy. And it begins in Ezekiel chapter 20 starting in verse 33. And in this passage, it makes a direct comparison between what God is going to do in the future and what he already did when he rescued and redeemed the Israelites out of Egypt and brought them out into the wilderness. And, you know, he makes a direct comparison to the first Exodus. So in Ezekiel chapter 20, starting in verse 33, as I live. Declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out, I shall be king over you. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you from the lands where you are scattered. With a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. Now I'm going to hit the pause button. That Phrase, mighty hand and outstretched arm, is Exodus talk. That phrase you will find throughout the book of Exodus when the Lord redeemed and rescued the children of Israel out of Egypt. That phrase is used. So whenever you see that phrase, it's Exodus talk. Verse 34 I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you from the lands where you are scattered with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face. Now, again, notice the verb tense I will. Do this. I will bring you into the wilderness. I will enter into judgment. This hasn't happened yet. This is future prophetic. Verse 36. As I entered into the judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. So there's your direct comparison to the first time. To the first time. Exodus, I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, and I'm going to enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. Verse 37, I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge from you the rebels and those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn, but they will not enter the land of Israel. Thus, you will know that I am the Lord. So coming into uh, covenant with the Lord, it's a marriage covenant. And when the Torah was given at Mount Sinai and Moses brought it down to the people and he asked them, will you obey these commands? And the people said, yes, we will. This was a ketubah. This was a marriage covenant. And it was basically, it was the Lord saying, will you marry me? Will you step into relationship, marriage relationship with me? And when they said, yes, we will obey, that was their yes, I do. So following the Torah is stepping into a marriage covenant. And so in the same way that he dealt with each and every person one-on-one, at Mount Sinai, and then they had the golden calf incident, which was, in God's eyes, total adultery, harlotry. And uh, there was a a price to be paid for what happened there. Uh, He's going to ask each and every one of us once again in the wilderness, will you step into this marriage covenant and be my bride? And each one of us has to answer from our heart. Yes or no. And so this is going to happen again. So again, coming back to today's reading from Numbers chapter 33, we have 42 different places where they camped. That's 42 months. That's three and a half years. That's 1260 days. That's the length of the end of days Great tribulation period. And, beloved, I believe we're going to be going on this greater Exodus journey. Again, it's God's plan, his escape plan. There's a time coming when we won't be able to participate in the economy at all, in the global deep state economy, because it's the mark of the beast system. It's already starting to get rolled out with CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currencies, where they can control every single transaction and shut you down if they don't want you buying more beef or buying more gasoline or buying some patriotic item off of the Internet. They can control every aspect of how you spend your money or shut your bank down. And so this is another step, another stage, moving us towards the Mark of the Beast system. So right now we still have some freedom. We still have ways to be able to exchange. But there's a day coming when when the Mark of the Beast is fully deployed that we can't participate. And that's when it's time to flee. And that's when we will begin our greater Exodus journey. So. Understanding that that's what God's plan is, pray, ask him to show you what he would have you to do. Is he calling you to prepare a Goshen place for believers to gather a safe place to be? Is he calling you to go mobile and to maybe I've met a lot of people uh, in the Thousand Trails Park system. And they're not just on vacation. They've sold their homes, got rid of their mortgages, got rid of rent, high rent payments, and they live in their RVs and trailers full-time traveling. And it's a different lifestyle. It's simple. It's low cost. And um, you're, there's a freedom there. So what is the Lord calling you to do? Ask him. Seek. And it's important, no lone rangers. The Lord does not want us going through this time known as Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation period, alone. He wants us in association and aligned with a faithful remnant group of believers uh, that are like a family. So don't just hunker down and isolate. He That's a big part of preparation, is to be in association with the group of people that you're going to be going through the greater exodus with. Okay, that's all I have for today. Have a blessed day, and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom. This America, yeah, yeah.